This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello. 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 <laughs> Let's let's go ahead and then I guess start the show. Let's <laughs> let's, let's start the show and talk about things. All right, here's here's the main thing that uh, we need to talk about: Zen and oh, Pinball yes. FX3 and this little title that they uh, dropped on us called Jurassic Park. Just a minor franchise. Just a like, minor like, franchise. Um, so three tables: Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and. Jurassic Park Mayhem. Mayhem. Jurassic Park Mayhem being the one title that is uh, not based on anything other than the Jurassic universe, if you will. So it's just dinosaurs. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of a little bit? It's a little bit like in Safe Cracker how you have Assault the Vault mode. It's yeah. a little, it feels a little bit like Assault the Vault with from the perspective that it's still dinosaurs and it's still safe cracking, but it's a completely different storyline whatsoever. <laughs> right. You right. Know? <laughs> so uh, the first things that that jumped out at me with these tables was I, I plopped in Jurassic Park and I went, boy, that's some phenomenal voice acting. And then I'm listening a little closer. I'm like, that oh, sounds movies. a lot like it's straight from the movie. So then I put in the Jurassic World one. Uh, that sounds like direct quotes from the movies, too. So, yes, indeed, folks, uh, they did pull all their quotes and uh, call outs straight from the movie so there's a real voice actors which was funny because somebody on twitter was like i don't know i think the voice acting was kind of cheesy and i went it's from the movies oh <laughs> oh <laughs> what are you gonna say to that <laughs> right i mean you know um and then with jurassic mayhem zen recorded their own dialogue for that and hats off to them because this is some of the better voice work that they've ever done in mm. my opinion, I'm used to the voice work that's like in Alien, in versus, Alien Predator. versus Predator, which is, <laughs> let's be honest, really bad. Oh, it's uh, just horrendous. And I'm yeah. and I'm I'm couching this also by saying for their licensed tables, yes. Uh, because what are you going to compare? You know, you Castle Storm. It's whatever the heck Zed wanted to do. Um, exactly right. Yeah. But uh, no, they did. A, it, it, it's not annoying, and it fits the theme really well for what they were doing. And I think they did a bang up job on that. Yeah, they did the, it really does tie like the, the Jurassic mayhem or the mayhem uh, table is good from the perspective of voice acting. You don't want to turn them off, put it that way, which right. on alien versus predator, you really kind of do after a while. <laughs> that is true too. Uh, there's also three, comp- yeah, I'd say three completely different styles of play here. Uh, mm. Jurassic park is your Zen's been doing this a lot actually, where there's no mission hole, it's instead hitting a particular ramp or a lane X amount of times triggers the mode to start. Mm. Spelling mode, I call it. Yeah, but there's no spelling going on. It's and and so I, you're not having to hit the lane so many times to spell a word, it's more like a hit it three times. Which a lot of the pinball machines before spelling that was exactly it hit hit something three times that activates, uh, you know whatever. But the thing, yeah, the thing, yeah. So that's the Jurassic Park table is is that one. Uh, Jurassic World is your classic mode hole. 
which that is my preference in pinball play. I do got to say, um, and then mayhem, I've not been able to figure out what the heck is going on with that one. Yeah. I, I th- you start right off the bat by selecting East dock, North dock, uh, Hammond's lodge, and visitor center. I'm not sure if there's mm-hmm. more, and I don't understand what changes or what goals are based on those. Um, no, it's a little bit like the Doctor Who doctors. They add different things to okay. the tape, so they will increase the pop bumpers, or they'll do something else, or you know, they do that type of thing, like playfield modifiers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only thing that they seem to do. Um, but yeah, I. I had a good go of Jurassic Park. I had a little bit of a go of Jurassic World. And again, probably I really only say a little bit of a go of Mayhem. I think for me, Jurassic Park is the table that I seem to be gravitating towards. What about you? Um, Well, yes, because of two factors. One, I the movie quotes are more iconic. Um, I just prefer... I didn't like Jurassic World, <laughs> so uh, no, as, a movie, as a movie, so um, it really wasn't great. So Jurassic Park kind of uh, there is nostalgia built in, if you will. Uh, yes. Even though we've never played this table, there is nostalgia. The mm. other thing that I love about this table is those those raptors. They are little bastards, and uh, yeah. uh, I literally laughed out loud when a mode started. All of a sudden, these raptors went down to the bottom near my flippers. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." And, oh, I see, you know, lit lane, got to hit that. And so I go to cradle the ball, and the raptor just bent over, grabbed the ball in his mouth, and mode ended. And I was like, hey, that's not cool. Um, I so, actually, I didn't cradle the ball with those little dudes. I was going, what are you guys doing down there? Are you supposed to be doing something? Oh, okay, I'll just keep on shooting shots. Yeah. But they didn't eat my ball. Um, so I'm going to have to give them the opportunity well, to have you, some steel if, on their diet. If, yeah, if, if you cradle the ball, they'll eat it. If you send it down the inlane, they'll eat it. Oh, so you got to avoid the inlane also. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I have to admit that. Um, well, we'll talk more about Jurassic Park, and then we'll go into Jurassic World a bit because. Yeah. yeah. So Jurassic Park, I like the big long ramps. Like the the ramps are really reminiscent of the Dutter East table, aren't they? That nice big long gate ramp. Um, well, like it's, me, it's it's taxi. Oh, just yeah, just taxi as well. Yeah, but yeah, but you're even, right. They're very long ramps. Even the but the crossover, like from the uh, the way the the ramp actually crosses over the play field and then drops you on the right um, uh, in lane, yeah. like it, it is almost. You can clearly tell that the uh, table designers go, yeah, okay. If we're on Jurassic Park, that is the thing that we are going to pay homage to from the Duddery's table because it. It feels the same as it. The only thing that it isn't, it doesn't enter and exit the same way as it does on the Duddery's table. So you don't go from a left flipper shot down to the right flipper. It's actually, it's actually a right flipper shot to the right flipper. So, of course, the Daddy East table is nothing more than a mirror of a whirlwind. Uh, I think some people say it's actually a um, an Adams family. No, um, no, it's whirlwind. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, 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 you can... Even the bumper placements, it's it's the same. It's yeah, very much. But uh, some people might be griping about this, and I kind of went, you know what? I'd rather have the real voices if there was a cho- if there was a choice of. Uh, but uh, through all three tables, no 
Jurassic Park music. Which, no. truth be Again, told, John Williams is too expensive. <laughs> That's know, why. You know, and and I think I would get really sick of the Jurassic Park theme after a while. Yeah, so, I think so they found some appropriate music that uh, kind of evokes that adventure feeling uh, without being the actual music. I realized why they paid the money for Star Wars and haven't paid it for anything else. And that's because the Star Wars music can be applied to every single Star Wars table that they do. And they've got a ton of them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when they bought the license, they knew that they were going to do nine tables. Yeah. And since then, they've done more tables. Since then, though, however, they have not repurchased new music. They've yes. just been recycling the same music. But again, there's so many iconic Star Wars themes that it feels like you know they're they're picking a different theme for each table but you know the theme all the same it's not like it doesn't sound like it's some obscure pull from you know whatever scene in the movie that you don't remember happening exactly and so they really got their their money's worth out of that music but you think about it if they had bought the music for ET well that's the only table that it's ever going to be used on and, and yeah. that would be prohibitively expensive that's right yeah, that's actually an interesting observation. The fact that they've, of the music they've purchased, they've actually got the most legs out of the music. It's a yes. smart move. It is a smart move. And you're right. I don't actually think having not having any of the iconic Jurassic Park theme or any of that uh, detracts from the tables. In fact, really, I didn't even really notice it, to be perfectly honest, in, yeah. in the Jurassic Park tables. Like, you're right. Definitely the money is best, better spent on the voice actors because that is what you hear all the time when you're shooting yeah. things. So absolutely a much better idea to, to purchase the rights to um, the voice actors. I do wish, and this is just side note on Zen, I wish they would go back and redo the music for a lot of their early tables. Mm. Because a lot of their early tables, the music has nothing to do with what is going on on the table. It's just a loop of music. Yeah, it doesn't change beats or, or or anything for modes. They've gotten so much better at that. Uh, again, all you have to do is play uh, the 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 carnivals and uh, legends sort of war pack. Yeah, and you can hear that. Hey, they've get they've they've figured out how to do music properly. And, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, like I, I wish that, music. You know. Yeah, I, I really wish that that Zen would go back and. If they're going to remaster anything about their tables, remaster that. And and I'll touch upon another thing that I would love them to remaster when I talk about uh, our uh, weekly tournament that we've done something mm -hmm. different on. But okay. we'll, get we'll get to that after we uh, talk about. Talk so about Jurassic World. What? Jurassic uh, World. So I first installed this on my Pixel XL two, so my my phone. And the reason why I do that is because it's easier for me to purchase on there. I can just use my fingerprint to purchase. I don't have to put in a password. It's great. And I thought, cool, well, I've got it purchased on here. I may as well install the tables and have a go just on a phone. And I've got to admit that the first mode where the raptors come out and you're trying to train them and feed them, mm -hmm. I there's two things that really confuse me with that mode while playing on the game. First thing, I didn't have my um, sound turned up very loud. Okay. Um, and of course the problem is that um, whoever the, the actor is who portrays that, who is the actor? Chris Does Pratt. That? Yeah, Pratt, that's right. So he is calling out the names of the raptors that you have to shoot 
and then you have to shoot the ball into the raptors now i didn't even get that because again i think the dot matrix was going a bit too fast for me although i did notice that they changed the way they display the text on the dot matrix initially so they rather than firing out the ball after a preset amount of time they will let you read the instructions up on the screen until you press the flippers ah. now so you can leave it up there for a lot longer if you want but you just have to realize that you can so you can't flip the flippers because then it will cancel it but they give you a lot more time to read the overall goal of the mission which is really good yeah so obviously they've been listening to everyone including us about <laughs> how how they should actually present modes so that was the the first bit and on the phone i had a hard time working out which dinosaur was which because you couldn't read the uh, name no I, I couldn't i really couldn't and i don't know whether it was because of the angle i had i think i play on view five which is the one that gives you a subtle bit of zooming as you play mm -hmm. um on on the table just because it's mobile and you want to see the more detail as it goes up the upper end of the the play field and I really did struggle with that mode. It wasn't. It wasn't until I actually fired it up on the shield tablet and played it on there, going ah with the sound up. Oh right, so I'm supposed to shoot it in the order that um, uh, the dude tells me to. Okay, fair enough. So once I did that, I went cool. That was easier, but it just it was tough. I, I went oh, what am I doing wrong here? The modes ended, but I was shooting dinosaurs. What am I supposed to do? You know. You know, it's it's funny because. Uh... I had a similar experience with that mode in that I read the DMD and it said, uh, yeah, you got to feed the appropriate dinosaur. dinosaur. And so my thought immediately was going to be, oh, the balls are going to be a different color because mm. all the all four dinosaurs have a slight different coloring. Color, yes. And I thought, oh, it's going to be matched color ball to the color dinosaur. No regular silver ball coming out. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, well, shoot, I have no idea which dinosaur I'm going to shoot for. So I just shot for one. Got it correct. Okay, shot for the next one. Got it correct. <laughs> okay. Shot, shot for the third one. I don't know if I... Oh, got it correct. And then I went, where's the fourth one? I couldn't find the fourth one. Fourth one was all, all the way at the uh, top of the, the table. And so anyway, so I rattled through it. I was like, well, that wasn't too difficult. Next time I play the thing, I do the same thing. I shoot the first dinosaur. Nothing happens. I'm like, but I shoot another dinosaur. Nothing happens. I'm like, well, what's going on what, here? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. So it, it would have been. It would be nice if they, you know, made the dinosaur glow, so you know which one you're supposed to. You know, some kind of a visual lighting yes. cue. Like if if this was a an actual pinball machine and you had a thing that you needed to hit, it'd have a flasher behind it or something like that, going nuts, yeah, strobing to make sure that you knew it was the thing you had to hit. Now the only thing they have is that basically the insert light underneath the dinosaur. But the thing is, it's it's obstructed by its head. Yeah. Yeah. So they need to like that mode would have been much better if they made that with a bit of lens flare, so it was flashing, mm -hmm. you know, really flashing, and then you would have gone, "Oh, that's clearly the one I need to shoot." Okay, cool, because it was visually different, you know. Yeah. And that would have just helped. And that again goes back down to table design, right? Like a pinball machine designer would go, "Oh yeah, I need the person to shoot here to complete the goal, so I need to make it very apparent that's where they need to shoot." Yeah. Now, you know, did you find the same that I found uh, with Jurassic Park and Jurassic World? I felt that they were very traditional pinball layouts. Yeah, they were very traditional. Like you could, you could probably do the dinosaur thing with troll pop-ups, like you do on, you know, um, uh, Medieval Madness and yeah. Hobbit. Yeah, you know, all those things could be achievable in real life. 
but like there's there's a nice flow to the tables uh like you'd mentioned with the ramps the you know being an homage to the data east table it just felt very much like traditional pinball move yes. into Jurassic mayhem that one not quite so much it's mm. it's a little more odd there's a big chunk of real estate on the left hand side of the table that is kind of like obstructed it's not an open uh play field if you will yeah it uh, is it's it's ramps 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 big object you know of of bank targets uh so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird on that and the other thing is, is that the ramps seem exceedingly narrow uh, yeah yeah it's not the friendliest table to shoot on. No, it's not. It's going to take me a while to dial in on that one. I think. Yeah. It's something. It seems fun because it's it's very different. You're essentially it's survival. It's a right. survival table. So it's um it's a very different play style and goal set than the other ones, which is very much progressed through the modes. This one's sort of like oh a dinosaur will start to go nuts and you need to like do something to stop it or yeah but it'll be, it'll be like oh shoot the shoot the stegosaurus's tail and you're kind of like okay i see the tail but where's the pickup yeah you know and so i'm like i'll just shoot for that general area and then boom hey look at that it caught it but it, it's of the three tables it's really digital <laughs> yeah it's very 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 fantasy and very digital yeah um whereas the other ones you're right they are more sort of the layout in reality yeah now the funny thing about that though is is that while the layouts are very traditional they did do what we had hoped they would do which is go nuts with what zen does best um you know adding in their digital elements and so having the raptors be able to grab your ball having the t-rex come down and and chase the the vehicle on the treadmill basically on mm. this on dress looking forward to it though um you know having the dinosaur come out of the water on jurassic world to yeah, that's uh, cool. grab your lock ball uh there's all sorts of really cool elements that make it exceedingly dinosaur heavy as opposed to if you were on a real table where it'd be like, well, we can afford to put in one toy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is like toys just popping out of everywhere. Right. Yeah, it's very, very good from that perspective because really this theme and this franchise needs dinosaurs everywhere. Like you've got to basically have fossils going around your table at <laughs> every available opportunity. And it's that noisy fall get out too. Oh, I mean, yeah, it you is. hear it's those great. you hear those dinosaurs roaring all over the place. So it's it's that also captures very much the feel of Jurassic Park. Again, so you don't have the music, but you know what? You got that T Rex roar, and mm -hmm. that's very very iconic and very oh, yeah. integral to yeah. the scare factor that is in that movie. Like, you know, you watch it. You even watch Jurassic Park back now, like years and years after it's been released. And you still get that that sense of urgency from that room, mm -hmm. from that bloody T Rex chasing down the the the, um, the van. Oh, sorry, the um, Ute, the Jeep. And it just it's still good. It is still good. So yeah, that really I think for me I'm gonna have to force myself to go and play Jurassic World and force myself to go and play um, the Mayhem or the um, the Survival Table. Yeah, um, because it's and there again, I can't really remember the name of it. So that's that's interesting. It's mayhem. Yeah, mayhem. Yeah, yeah. So 
very interesting releases. Again, very high quality. I love the bouncy rubbers, um, and everything. Everything just feels really good. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think they they did uh, just a phenomenal job on this, and and they're infinitely. They've made me want to play very much. Mm. Uh, however, I've been playing something else. So let's move well, on, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here a little bit away from Jurassic Park. Look, folks, just go buy them; they're good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're good. They're, money, money well worth spent. Uh, but <laughs> so last week we talked about, hey, should I try my little with our uh, weekly Zen tournament? Oh yes, the different modes. Throughout should the week we try thing? the different modes? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I went ahead and went, okay, let's do it. So we picked the table, which was a uh, Moon Knight. And started off with a three ball tournament. I think I ran it for three days on that. Mm -hmm. So three ball, no uh, mods whatsoever on it. And then we moved on to one day tournaments where we did five minute mode and then one ball mode. And then today, uh, the day of recording, we're doing survival mode. And I picked and locked in the upgrades that you could do. So for instance, with the five-minute mode, I picked slow-mo, uh, combo ramps, and skill shot. Basically because when you're doing the five minutes, when you do first do the launch on Moon Knight, getting the skill shot, uh, it's the only time you're going to get the skill shot. So if you can manage to do that, hey, why not put it into slow-mo mode so you guarantee yourself getting the proper flipper action on it? Uh, yeah. And then why not keep the combo ramps open a little bit longer? because you're going to need them while you're in five-minute mode. Uh, then when we did one ball, I put in the rewind, which is important, because if you lose that ball, it, just rewind it and keep on playing. And also increase the ball save time, and then put in the distance bonus, because one ball, you earn your distance off of that one ball. So again, I was kind uh -huh. of picking what the, what the things were. For the survival mode, I put in the score booster, the multi-ball bonus, and the bumper bonus. Because, again, you need quick points in survival, so why not get the ones that are going to earn you the, the big points? And then we're going to finish off with uh, a five-day tournament with three ball, whatever the heck you want to use for your uh, bonuses. Because here's the thing. By this point, everybody should have them all maxed because we've been playing this table enough that you should have all of these maxed. So everybody should be on a fairly level playing uh, play field with whatever mods they pick. It's just a matter of strategy of which ones you suit your gameplay uh, style best. Okay. So while I've been playing this, though, now you got to remember Moon Knight is one of the older, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it was in the original Marvel pinball pack. If not, it was in the second Marvel pinball pack. Uh, so it's, it's old. Mm. And... The thing with this is not only do you have a mission hole, but you also have, and it's not Spellorama, but you can activate side missions. It's kind of like if you're familiar with Iron Man, how you had the main missions, mm -hmm. but then you also had a whole collection of other mini missions that yep. you were able to do. And so you're constantly just you know shooting and lighting up lanes, but... Where it differs from how Zen would do things today is none of the modes are stackable. And so your point totals are actually kind of low. Mm. And I was like, this is where it was. It's 
I wish Zen would kind of maybe go back and, hey, do a code update. But this table would be so much fun if you could stack modes. Oh, yeah. Because the point holes would just go through the roof. Yeah. Um, Every, this, everything on the table would be lit, too. So you'd have just a shooting bonanza everywhere. It'd be wicked. It's, it's a very slow-scoring table. Mm. Uh, we've It's been a grind. And to, you know, to get any kind of a point total going, you know, you finish a mode and the mode is only worth, uh, well, when you, the first time you finish a mode is only worth, I believe a million points. And okay. it, it, it increases the more modes you've completed, the more it's total, uh, for the next mode is because it's basically adding up how many modes that you've you know completed. Yeah. But again, if you were able to stack the modes and be able to play multiple, you know, side modes at the same time as playing the main mission mode, and then see point totals increase that way. Uh, that would be awesome. There's a section where you can light your ball on fire. And all that's really for is lighting. There's five torches uh, scattered throughout the table. If you light all five, that's how you uh, light uh, extra ball. But oh, okay. it also gives you uh, two million points uh, immediately. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's two million across the table or for each of those that are lit. But... You would think that if the ball was lit on lit on fire, and that then you started a mode, that maybe that mode would be worth two times scoring or something like that. But it's not. Yes. It's just, you're just playing with a lit on fire ball until it goes out. So there's a lot of things like that that Zen has since in their in their more current tables allowed that kind of thing to happen. But the older tables weren't. It was just like, oh, you could go back and make these so much more fun because that is the problem. Like Iron Man is a just it's a grinder of a table mm-hmm. uh, and completing absolutely every mode, but you're completing, you know, which of, I think there's eight of them in total, you know, four main and four, uh, four, maybe six side missions, but you got to do each of them one at a time. And mm. so that's a long game in order to complete that as opposed to, yeah, if you just had it go nuts, next thing you know, you got everything completed. That'd be awesome. So, mm. So in addition to Zen going back and replacing music, I would like them to also go back and uh, revisit scoring on these tables and kind of uh, do a code update. Do a bit of a Moon Knight 2.0. Exactly. You know, I just think it uh, it would benefit some of these older tables. Um, Yeah, I just really don't go and play them at all. Like, I don't play the older ones. And it's a shame because some of the layouts are actually really fun. It's just they're not fun to play. Right. Moon Knight's got some fun things on it, like that crossover ramp to the moon um, yeah. when it reappears. It's a great shot. It feels really good when you nail it. You know, the funny thing is, though, it's not worth much. It's not, and it should be. Like <laughs> it's a major feature of the table. It should, it's a huge feature of the table. And it should be jumping up and down when you get that shot. Like it should be bonkers. Because basically, what happens with with the shot that Jared's talking about? Uh, it's an invisible ramp that lights up because the moon shines on it, and you shoot it once. That then activates, it lights a lane. You shoot that lane again, and you shoot uh, across the invisible ramp one more time. That opens up, and I believe this was the first time Zen had done one of their mini play fields. uh, Yes. Which, now they do things where, like, all of a sudden, the play field will separate and reveal that there's a little tiny play field underneath, or on, like, some of the Star Wars tables that had the window that you could already see it underneath there. Here, it just cuts to this (laughs) 
<laughs> this mini play Random. field. God knows where it is, where it exists in reality. And it's the easiest of modes to complete. Mm. It's not a challenge whatsoever. But then you finish it, and it's worth maybe 2 million points. But again, hitting that ramp shot and across the invisible ramp, it's a, it's a task. It's a challenge. It's mm. not the easiest shot in the world. So All you right. want the points to be worth it. And I get to the point where I just kind of go, eh, I could care less. <laughs> yeah, and that's something. It should be like, you should really go, yeah, it should be making a big song and dance when you get that ramp. The um, only time it's actually worth any money, uh, or, or points, I should say, is there's a mode called Whirly Bird in which the balls go glow white hot, <laughs> which makes them very difficult to aim with because um, they look much bigger than they actually are. So your aim is off, way off. But in order to collect a jackpot, uh, so there's all sorts of jackpot. There, I think there's at least two jackpots lit on the table. Each time you hit one of those, it raises the super jackpot. Yeah. In order to collect the super jackpot, it's you got to hit that far ramp to bring it up to the the moon invisible ramp to hit that. And that's how you collect the uh, the super. The super, yeah, right. And that's the only time that it actually is a payoff of any significance. But even that, the payoff is, you know, you're you've been collecting, you've been collecting, you've been collecting. You hit it, and it's all one point seven million. And you're like, really? That was it? <laughs> Just that, and that's the whole table to me is. Everything on it is just kind of like, really? That that's wow. Okay, um, it's kind of yeah. like playing. A, it's kind of like playing playing a Jersey Jack table. <laughs> go, oh look, I just got the Super Jack, but oh, it's like ten thousand points, <laughs> if even that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's getting that score balance right, isn't it? Like, uh, like the what it's how hard you had to work for it versus the amount of payback you get in points. Right. It's right. got to feel satisfying. And even if it's balanced well enough, like if all the other things in Moon Knight, when you shoot them, actually don't give you that many points anyhow, and these things do give you a lot of points, it still doesn't feel right, does it? Yeah. yeah. The only mode I have found on the table that has seemingly good payout is there's a mode called uh, uh, Nightmare, and it's basically mm. there's, a, there's a clock face on the table that I've only recently started to understand how it interacts. But if you get it to land on midnight, it brings up this character midnight separate from his own mode that you can normally activate, but it's called nightmare. And he hurls balls at you that are on fire and the balls have a mind of their own. Basically there's a crazy magnet action going on. And it's right. a lot of fun because a ball will be coming down the in lane. You're like, oh, sweet. I'm going to flip that. And all of a sudden, the ball just float away from your flipper. You're like, what, what, I was trying to hit that. <laughs> That's um, cool. It's, right. it, it's actually a lot of fun. And that one, if you hit jackpots, the jackpots are worth $4 million. And okay, that's you can that's hit a decent. lot of them, yeah. So that's the only mode that I've come across that you can do massive amounts of scoring uh, quickly, uh, comparatively to any other mode that's on the on the table. But yeah, yeah no, that it, does it, sound like fun. It's been a lot of fun, and I and I came up with because I wanted to keep people interested for all five versions of the table that we're playing. I want everybody to play as much as possible, so I came up with my own rule set and see what you think of this, Jared. Mm -hmm. So. It was score in the top 10. Number one, uh, first place will get 1,000 points. Second place gets 900 points, et cetera, all the way down to 10th place gets 100 points. Okay. Uh, everybody else, if you didn't place in the top 10, you don't get any points for, for the table. If you manage to land in the top 10, 
for all five rounds, you'll get an extra bonus of a thousand points. Uh, right off the bat, we lost five people. And so we've had five people that are still earning top 10 on each time. And then I also put in that if you manage to uh, take first place in a row, like two tables in a row, or, yeah. or two challenges in a row, you get another 500 points. Mm. Um, so the object of this whole thing is to just see across all these modes who can be the king of Moon Knight. And what's interesting is one of the players who has yet to take first place on the table is actually in the lead because he's been very consistent about placing uh, number two or number three or whatever. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, fine, you're not winning the table outright in any particular week, but you're showing a consistency that is proving that you've got a mastery of the table. So that's been kind of fun to, uh, to, to do that way. Yeah. And can you do that in the confines of the app? Like, does it yeah. raise your... Oh, no, I've a got shame. a scrap. I've got a piece of paper that I'm keeping tabs of right. and doing it manually sound, by hand. Um, that does sound very nice. Like, imagine if that was a thing you could actually do, like a tournament, essentially, a weekly tournament, have six tables, each with different goals, and then have right. like a, like again, that's a yeah, it's a really nice thing to suggest, eh? That'd be pretty it, good. It, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking I'm gonna have to uh, to write an email to to Zen and be like, hey guys, can we just just take this to the next level. Take it to the next level because this is a lot of fun, and we've got a can again consistently. We're getting you know thirty players playing in this. I think if they knew right off the bat that all of this would be, uh, you know, I tried to communicate via Pimble Arcade fans and via Twitter what we're doing, but it doesn't meet what it means when you're in the app. And especially if you've never looked at my Twitter feed or looked at uh, the Pinball Arcade fans site, uh, if you're one of those people that just happens to click on the tournament to join in, like I've done many a time when I go, oh, hey, that tournament's over in 45 minutes. Sure, I'll post a score. Yeah. If you knew then when you did that, that, hey, this is going to be going on for you know multiple sessions, then those people would be wanting to come back. And I would think that by the end of... Uh, you know, when by the time we get to our fifth round, that by then you would have a good collection of of players. So it would be nice to be able to have that carryover. Yes, yeah, you're right. Hmm. Something to suggest. I think you should suggest it. It sounds like a reasonable thing. Yeah, and they'll be like, mm. "Uh huh, get in line." Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, at least you said your piece. At least I said my piece. All right, uh, let's move away from Zen and move into the world of Pinball Arcade. They mm. currently have in beta the bonsai run table. All right. <laughs> so I don't usually hop on it as soon as it starts, but this time I did. And it was funny because only the most basic of tuning had been done to the table. And after playing this much Zen, I was like, okay, either I've been playing way too much Zen and have gotten used to their flipper angles or there's something severely non-tuned on Bonsai Run. And yeah. then I got confirmed, oh yeah, it's only been the most basic of tuning. I'm like, okay, thank you. Because <laughs> flipper angles are way wrong. Like, <laughs> your ball won't go through the flippers, but it won't it won't shoot anywhere near like it should. <laughs> yeah. Um so that was kind of uh kind of interesting. They've since put out another version of it uh, for which I believe slight amount of tuning might have taken place. Uh, 
But I'll tell you what, man, this table's a drain monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. It is a straight down the middle drain. It's an out the outlanes drain. It drains every which way you can possibly do it. Yeah, there you go. So it's fighting base. It's doing a classic System 11 yes. uh, table where it's, it's basically vying to kill you every it, single it, time. Well, and I'll, I'll <laughs> let me put it to you this way the replay value on it is 1.8 million. That's pretty low, but also pretty high for that era table. You know, by the time you got to, uh, and this is a Pat Lawler table, this is his first table. Uh, by the time you got to Whirlwind, you were up to a 7 million replay value. Yes. Uh, it's not, the, the table's not chintzy with points. It's just brutal. <laughs> it's just, like, it, the points are there to be scored if you can manage not to drain out within the first 20 seconds of your play, gameplay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Classic so, System 11. I love it. The so, brutality of the table is going to be fun to play. Yeah. And also, um, so the big question, how do the vertical play field work? Uh, so the, you lock the ball in the capture, you see the little motorcycle come down and grab the ball as the motorcycle goes up, then the camera tilts up to the vertical play field. Oh, that's nice. Um, and then once you're done with the vertical play field and the ball drops, it does a real quick whoop down. Oh, good. So, so it's, it it's, a scroll, it's a scroll up and down. It's not just a cut to... The other uh, to the other play field, yeah. No, so, it, we so were, it does that. we were concerned about that. Eh? Last week, we we're going, Oh, it's got to actually do that quick drop down because that's yes. how fast the ball descends back down the table again. That being said, I did have a session today where I was playing it and the ball went through the flipper tip, you know, as you're flipping, which you know, that used to happen quite a lot. So, they, and they're still working on collision detection and everything, but uh, so on the upper play field. There's multiple flippers everywhere, but there's only one spot where there's the, the traditional two flipper layout yes. and there's a, a post in the between that usually is out but can also retract uh, right so just as i flipped the ball the ball went through the flipper and then the post retracted and so the ball clearly went down to the lower play field but the camera never panned down with it and then right. all of a sudden i got the ball over you know yeah ball over music and I went, yeah, right. hey, I didn't even get a chance to flip on that. <laughs> yeah, it just went so, too quick through the flippers. Or it yeah. didn't go down through the expected path that was triggering the camera switch. Right, so therefore, right. yeah. So I, I put in my report about that, and hopefully that kind of thing will be uh, taken care of. Like I said, I know that there, there's still some, some collision issues and, and things. There's a long list of uh, things that uh, Pinball is 45B has posted in the beta thread that need mm. to be addressed. So... Um, but it's, it, it, it's there, it's functioning, it's working. And, uh, so far it feels like they're on the right track. Um, once That's they get the final, once they get the final tuning in, I think it'll, it'll be much, much more fun. Uh, right now there is, you know, some rubber are bouncy, some rubber are very flat. Um, so, you know, it, it just it, feels it, wrong. Yeah. It just doesn't feel quite right at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think they're waiting to get at least a minimum level of tuning in before they release it on Android beta because we haven't seen it come through yet. Okay. I'd say that it's probably going to be towards the end of um, this coming week, I mm -hmm. would think, because um, it seems like they do a lot of the um, the, the hard work on Steam now. Okay. Um, and then from once they got it to a minimum level of functionality on Steam, they then 
port it over and build it for the other um, platforms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, beyond that, that was all. This, that's all. And, you know, we've we filled virtually all of our podcasts with pinball talk. That's all the pinball talk that we had. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 all the pinball talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the pinball talk. I've been doing a bit of investigation with uh, you know how to do the play field. We were talking last time uh, yep. that Star Race has got the clear coat of Verathane over the top now. And it is looking pretty good. But I found that there's this um, place called Super Cheap Auto here that actually has their own range of automotive clears and automotive base. Mm -hmm. um, and I am curious because they sell the, the clear in both um, – spray bomb and um, tins yeah. and you can buy very small quantities of it. So you can buy, uh, I think 200 milliliters, um, 500 milliliters and one liter um, amounts, which, you know, if I'm just doing white and black, which is my original plan, you know, would actually be quite good. And um, I managed to find the other day, uh, our hardware chain here, which is a bit like Home Depot, it's called Bunnings. Um, they have uh, an airbrush and compressor set for $98. Um, and it's just basically a, yeah, a compressor with a, like an airbrush um, on the end of it. And um, so I'm, I got one of them and I'm going to have a go at airbrushing, I think. But I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to think, I'm going to go along and have a look at this super cheap auto range because uh, they can match colors. They mix and match colors for you there as well. So okay. it's essentially like your Home Depot paint matching um, paint center, right? Um, but for cars or for car automotive colors. Yeah. So yeah, potentially. Um, and I figure that if I use the same system, uh, I use the, the, like the actual color and then go with clear, there should be zero risk of bleeding. Right. Um, and I think they actually have, they have acrylic and enamel options. Um, so if you want to use water-based, you can. If you want to use enamel, you can, so oil-based. So it seems like they've got you covered as far as what you want to do for your touch-up and your bumper bar. So I figure, well, let's try it out and see sure. what happens. Give it a go. I do have to go and get some frisket, though, and um, that's hard to come by here. There's only uh, a few places that actually sell it. Um, so I have to... It's not cheap. It's like forty or fifty dollars a roll. Oof. So I know it's really expensive. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm tempted just to go the cheap way and use masking tape. But I'm sure that you know, even if I got really good quality masking tape, it, I'm sure I'd regret doing that. Yeah, I mean, because when I put down my first kit, I was uh, you know, nice thing is it's clear, mm. and therefore with me and my razor blade, I was able to cut precision. Uh, I mean, I was doing some pinstripes, yeah. uh, you know, that were on the table, and being able to successfully cut those out, uh, I would have never been able to do that with, you know, with laying, laying down masking tape. It never would have happened. So, yeah, I think yeah. I just need to go and get a roll, just assemble the stuff I need, get it all together, and then start going over it. I've Can also you, got to go. What if you ordered it uh, off of Amazon? Um. Well, there, I mean, there are places that do sell it online in Australia. Um, yeah. Like, you can get it, but it's you can get either a roll of it or you can get A4 sheets, so, like, letter-size uh, paper oh. sheets of it. So I'll be getting a roll, um, yeah. and then 
just basically using some butcher's paper to fill the voids where I don't need to actually mask right. Right. and um, and save money that way. So really, it would only be the, I'd be doing the white first and then doing the black. So it's really all the areas that would be under the plastic that I'd need to do first. Yeah. And based on the, on the success of that and how it looks um, and how it performs, then I'll probably look at maybe exploring some of the other colors. And it might be that I actually just take the entire play field over to them and get them to put them under their spectral analyzer and say, right, what color is that? And mm. then they can match it pretty much one for one. Yeah. Um, so it might be the clumsy way of doing it, but certainly probably the most accurate way of doing it. Right, right. So I might I might be able to do it like that. I don't know. All right. Well, good luck with that. Mm. I've still got to inventory all the parts I need to order, and I think it's probably going to be um, an order placed through Pinball Resource. Uh -huh. um, and of course, with that, it's a bit of a punishment for overseas customers because um, you've got to kind of do a small order first and then he basically confirms it gets to you and then you pay and then you can do a bigger order after that. So that's a bit of a pain, but I think for what I need to order, it probably will make sense to do that. I'm going to be placing an order with him too because uh, this week is my birthday and I need some uh, to spend some money on some pinball stuff. <laughs> so, what do you so, think you're going to get? What well, I need, I need, like I said, I need to replace all my drop targets, and get new drop targets. Um, mm. So, for sure, I'm going to be ordering that. And I forget what the other thing was that I that I wanted to. Oh, I I, I need to buy light bulbs. <laughs> light bulbs, yeah. I need to just buy a big old box of those light bulbs and uh, and have them because I have thrown away probably about I don't know fifteen or twenty bulbs that were burned out and I just had nothing to replace them with and mm -hmm. so I was kind of taking them out of the back box figuring oh, oh, that's, the, yeah. that's the last place I need them and uh, putting them on the table but I I'm of the mind that I just need to buy enough to replace every single one on the table and do just that. Yeah. Or, uh, start start fresh instead of it's waiting to see out. if one goes. Yeah. Oh, geez, I've done that on. Well, obviously, <laughs> when you're doing star, when you're doing a playfield restoration, you remove all the bulbs anyhow. But yeah. geez, every I could tell you with with very high confidence that every single bulb on that table was blown. Like <laughs> every every bulb, there was not one that I could salvage on it. The so, bummer is with uh, with able deluxe. It's not the I guess they call bayonet style. Yeah. Uh, it's not that. It's the tapered style. And oh, the screw in. No, they're not no, they're not screw in. It it's a uh it tapers into a flat uh wedge, basically, that that's what you you put in. And so removing oh, yeah. them is a task because some of them get stuck in there and it's not like you just push in and twist and it, you know, springs out. It's you got to get your fingers on there, them good and try and pull, but you don't want to, you know, pinch so hard that you break the bulb and yeah. breaking bulbs. I've, I've already broken a couple bulbs that way too. So yeah, they're pain. They're, um, pain to get out of those wedge, wedge style connectors. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I think that's, I think that's what I'm, I need to order that. And then I need to, uh, I believe it's uh, big daddy, I forget what the rest of the I have it bookmarked, but anyway, that's I need to get all the uh, new connectors. Oh so yes, I can, uh, change out all those, and hopefully, like I said, fingers crossed. If I change out all the connectors, that should hopefully solve my uh, the lights that aren't lighting, even though they used to light, but now they're not lighting, and yes. I don't know why it's not a dead bulb. It's some other. Uh, we we traced it back to a particular 
area on the board. Area, and and like I said, I think the conclusion was that it's the connector. Um, mm. That's the issue. And then hopefully it also corrects. Um, I, at some points, I get this all of a sudden this el- electronic like voltage hum that would uh-huh. go away. Uh, hopefully it will correct that. And then also uh, that it will correct, even though I haven't, the last couple of times I played the table, it hasn't done it. That issue that I was having where uh, after knocking down all the drop targets and then going for the deluxe uh, stand-up targets, if I hit the the D target, it would then just start scoring over and over and over again uh, mm. for unknown reasons. Uh, so hopefully that's all just a connector thing. And if I can... The problem is, is that whenever you go into the troubleshooting of these tables, the first thing everybody asks, did you change the connectors? Did you change the uh, uh, capacitors? <laughs> yes, exactly. All the things that I told you to do in the past. Right. So that's yeah. where it's just like, okay, fine. I'll go change all the connectors and uh, I might even change the capacitors, even though I think I was told that they were fairly new. Um mm. But new is relative when I know that the person that owned it previously didn't change them and he had the table for 12 years. So new is that's not new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, new and functional. Uh, So anyway, yeah, so that's what I need to uh, to drop money on. Yeah. New new to this millennium. (laughs) That'll that'll be that'll be my birthday present to me. Well, that's good. That sounds very good. Sounds like we've got some jobs to do. Oh, yeah, I guess we do. Okay. Guess we'll take care of those jobs. All right. Do we have anything yeah. else to discuss? Uh, I don't think so. No, you don't. You don't want to get into mass shootings and you know arming teachers. Okay, good. No, no, I really <laughs> don't. I really okay. don't. Well, we'll we'll spare all of you uh, that, and uh, we'll, we'll say our goodbyes. Hey, make sure you check out our website. It is blockadepinball.com/episodes. There you will find all of the past episodes that we have, as well as if you click articles. You'll see all the movie reviews that I've been uh, writing up and I'll be having a special one for the Oscars coming up. And also make sure you follow us on Twitter. The show's handle is at blockade. There's where we announce uh, things like the Zen tournament, as well as when we go ahead and record this show, if you ever want to pop in and listen to it live and not uh, subject yourself to Jared's editing. (laughs) Have it raw. Have it raw and then see our lovely faces and whatever t-shirts we're wearing. Uh, you can uh, join us that way. Otherwise, you can also follow us individually. Jared is at Jared Morgs. I am at Shut Your Trap. And I think that covers everything. Pretty much. All right. Fantastic. Well, folks, we will talk to you again next week. Uh, don't know about what. Probably just about more of what we're playing. Probably. So, Yeah, so why don't you all play some pinball too? And then we'll all know what be on the same page. Alright, until then, we'll talk to you later. See ya. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. There's this guy over here on ads for a tile stall, and he's called Frank Walker, and the company is National Tiles. And I, 
I'm well known at work for doing an impression of Frank Walker. He's this, he has this telltale greeting that as soon as you hear it, you know it's a National Tiles ad. And it's a bit like this, hello, Frank mm. Walker from National Tiles, like that. <laughs> so I always walk around the office and when everyone says, hi, how you going? I go, hello. And now everyone's doing it at work. It's fantastic. It's it's funny how those little regional. I don't know if he's regional necessarily, but um, uh, you used to have these small companies that they would have their pitch man that you would. They were wildly famous. Yeah, they were wildly famous in that particular area. But you go outside of the area, you know, other parts of the country, and they're like, "Who the heck is that?" Like. What are you talking about? He's on like every single commercial ever. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've right. had a we've had a few of those uh, here in in Southern California, and the the one that's still going on so many so many years later. There's a mattress uh, store called uh, Sit and Sleep. Okay. And they have their the the running gag has always been there's the owner Larry who wants to just slash prices and then there's his accountant and i forget what his accountant's name is irv irving i think who is always you know telling him you're going to bankrupt us if you you know knock the prices down that so the the end of the thing is is uh larry going sit and sleep will match any other mattress uh price or your mattress is free and then and then the <laughs> his accountant's thing is always Larry and he's this he's this like New York Jewish uh, sounding Bronx guy. He's yeah, always, yeah. He's always uh, you're killing me, Larry. It's <laughs> 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 funny. It's, it's, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, uh, another thing that we always know that you know how to tell if you grew up in Southern California. There was a, a used car dealer, uh, Cal Worthington, and he had a song that went along with his. Uh, Thing. And in Cal Worthington, it was this old guy dressed in a cowboy outfit, and he'd he'd be walking down the row of cars, going, "Check out this, you know, 1978 Mercury. It's only it's got air and power steering. It's sixteen hundred dollars now. Next, and he just walked down the aisle of cars, and they all had their prices. You know, that was yep. his commercial. And then the the last thing he would do would be, <laughs> it was Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. Well, his dog Spot was a tiger that would always be sitting <laughs> <laughs> that would always be sitting on the trunk on the hood of the last car that he you know he got to but right. but uh Cal Worthington had a had a song and now I've I always altered the ending cuz I thought it was funnier but uh I'll edit it for you guys but it was if you need a car truck go see Cal if you want to save a buck go see Cal if you're down on your luck and you don't give a go see Cal go see Cal go see Cal that's what I I always put in <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the the funny thing is is it was so it was ghosty cow right but as a kid yeah. that's not what I heard as a kid I heard pussy cow pussy <laughs> like, cow what the heck is a pussy cow <laughs> like, and if you talk to anybody that grew up with those commercials they'll pussy all cow. agree oh yeah that's totally what was being said pussy cow. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, uh, I, love those, I love those old tiny uh pitchmen um the, it's the, great isn't it the, oh yeah the the city that i live in now they're so you got to go back to the the 90s when pr big screen projection tvs were all the rage uh -huh. and mitsubishi was kind of the crown jewel of who was putting out uh projection tvs yes and so in our city of La Habra, there is a uh, there was Paul's big screen, and 
Paul's big screen had been there forever. It was only their only location, but their whole thing was we'll deliver anywhere in Southern California. And he, his, at the end of all of his commercials, he'd always go, I am the king. And so one of the, there was, there was this one uh, camera operator who knew where I was from. And so whenever he saw me, he was like, so how's the king doing? Oh, King's still there. King's doing, you know, fine or whatever. Well, the king eventually died, and so then (laughs) I go into work one day. Oh, it's the king dead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Kid you not. Within a year, I think, maybe two, whole company gone. Really? Because his kids didn't want to. They just want to sell. They didn't want to keep up with it. (laughs) Oh, why? So this family yeah. business has been going for like 20 years or so. Oh, longer just, than that. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah, it had been going on for a long time. Well, and now they also suffered from the plague of he died just as uh, flat panels were really coming into their own. So the right. rear projections were going away anyway. So his profit margins were probably just, I mean, there's no way he could compete against your big box stores and, and yeah. Amazon and all that. Yeah, true. So really, it was just a, a sign of the times when businesses just naturally decay and, uh, and die a silent death. Yeah. That's a real shame, though, isn't it? But I, huh. it's just it's funny, though, because all those pitchmen, though, it was always that they're crazy. Our prices are crazy. It was like, why are you all insane? I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> they just said, well, before we start actually talking about real pinball, there's this one yes. like almost infamous uh, ad here uh, in... Well, I think it's Australia. Well, it might be Queensland because I think it's a Queensland-based chain. But it's like this rugs a million store, like you know the um, the um, Persian rugs shops. Um, mm-hmm. And th- these guys are—they're always on sale and they're always closing down. Oh, like, <laughs> no, no, no! I have a theory about this. <laughs> I, I defy anybody to find a piano store or a furniture store that is not closing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and to the point that we even had a furniture store that, and, and the thing is, is that we're going out of business, maybe not for the next 10 years, but we're going to yeah. go out of business. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because who, wants to, who wants to actually walk into a piano store and, or walk into a furniture store unless they think, wait a second, they're, they're closing. Maybe, maybe the stuff was at a discount. I'll go in, you know, but exactly. we had a furniture store that had been threatening to close for probably five years. It finally closed. I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's actually vacated. A month later, a new furniture store went into it. I went, yeah, because the old furniture store was so successful in that location. But okay, fine. They went in, not two months later, going out of business sign went up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably and the same company. <laughs> and that's what that's what I, that's where I, my theory kind of was like, you know what? I think that's just a sales tactic. It has nothing to do with whether it's I'd actually like to, happening. I would actually like to go and look on one of those sales websites. You have ways to sell your business. And I reckon that will be one of them. That always <laughs> out, always going out of sale tactic is actually a valuable thing. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow. You know, we, we, can, we never we know how the selling. show. Yeah, we, we never know how the show is going to start because it's just basically me and Jared. You know, just having a shoot. chat. Yeah, just having a chat, and it's it always cracks me up the directions that we go. <laughs> I know, I love it. Now, I, uh, I what I what I have been doing in the past is I've been um, in the past episode when we really were going off track with pinball. I, I actually put this uh, in a segment of the show called the warm up, and I put it right at the end of the show after the show notes. Yeah, because yeah, Jared doesn't trust that you guys will actually you know sit through five minutes of banter. But okay, 
<laughs> no, so it's 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 fun. So the warm up goes at the end of the show now because that's that's <laughs> that's how it's the warm up. That's the wind it's down. Okay. Sometimes we actually have a wind down also. So then you have a warm up to wind down. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, it worked last time. Well, no one complains. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good sign. <laughs> no one complains. Nobody nobody praises us. You know, we're we're lucky if we hear anything. But you know, um, I think, I so, think so, so there you go, folks. If if you like hearing the banter that we start the show with at the end of the show, then go ahead and let, let us, us know. <laughs> if you prefer the opening banter, not be at the end of the show, but be at the opening, like where we record it, then let us know. And how do you let us know? By dropping an email at blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Yeah. <sighs> All right. 